This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya. Grant Hardy here with Kelly McDonald today. Just had a discussion with our community reporter that just made me think how cool it is uh, when you implement some sort of accessibility change, uh, as Tony Frymark mentioned they had done in her high school with some uh, markings on the stairs there. And just how cool that is, Kelly, when an accessibility change like that benefits not just someone who's blind or low vision, but actually everybody, maybe people who are not are just not looking for whatever reason. And I know... You can't look at it as, um, like in this case with Tony, that one action suits everybody, even those with a vision impairment. But also you can't forgo those that, as Tony mentioned, it may help somebody that sees quite well at some mm-hmm. point because they're distracted or whatever. Oh, geez, a step or whatever. Um, I, I like it. I always wonder how much, because you get schools with, where I went to school when I left the blind school, there was at that time, and I know it's probably bigger now, 2,100 students. So If there's a a demand for some accessibility, you're, on one hand, in a position to get it done. On the other hand, well, how do we do for you, Grant, when we don't know if that'll work for Kelly? I kind of love the attempts, and I love that they jump to it. Um, And again, we know certainly it's a safety thing. You're messing with stairs. There may be some other contrasts or things that you want to ask for that may not be as as easy to do, such as lighting or something like that. But I, I think it's really wonderful. And not just inspiring. That's not what I'm looking for. But it gives you some hope that, hey, at least I can step forward and ask. The worst they can say is no. A lot of time, most of us just get into that defeative attitude of, oh, I'm not even going to bother. They're going to tell me it's too much of an inconvenience. So really nice sharing and, and really kind of cool. That ever happened for you anywhere in a, in a situation where you kind of just needed something on the built environment? I, I'm from the city of Surrey, and they are super accommodating, actually, when it comes to accessibility. So shout out for them. You know, the, the fights we always have to do to get an accessible light, maybe. Yes. You email the city of Surrey, you say this intersection is a little tricky, whatever. Chances are they email you back and, okay, cool. Thanks for contacting us. We'll get this accessible light installed. So oh, shout fantastic. out to them. Wow. Shout out to them for sure. Uh, accessible theater. This is something I'm really digging now that we're getting more and more accessible uh, plays and live theater. And Two Live is presenting a described performance of The Mirror, which is a play that explores the connection between self-love and self-expression using acrobatics. And the 2 p.m. performance on Sunday, February 18th in Toronto will be audio described by Rebecca Singh of uh, Superior Description Services and Nathan Sartori. Program coordinator for To Live is here to tell us a little bit more. Welcome to the program again. Welcome to the program again, uh, Nathan, and uh, great to chat with you again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hi, Grant. Hi, uh, Kelly. Nice to be here with you both. I think you guys have just uh, emailed, right? You guys have emailed back and forth, so this is have. like the official, yeah, I, hey. <laughs> I, I guess I mean more collectively talk to you again on the show, but yes, I believe this is the first time I've actually spoken to you uh, by voice, so that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> nice to finally meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your organize, uh, organization uh, and your uh, the mission behind it really quickly to, to, to brief everybody who hasn't heard you before? For sure, yeah. 
So TO Live is a uh, amalgamation of three different venues who came together in 2015, uh, and we oversee three historic city venues, Meridian Hall, or you may know that as Sony Center, O'Keeffe Center, Hummingbird Center. It's had its uh, slew of names over the years, uh, as well as the St. Lawrence Center for the Arts, and now what is known as Meridian Arts Center up in North York. Uh, and what I do is run all of the access programming. So whether that be audio description, like we have this weekend for the mirror or ASL interpretation, relaxed performances, anything of that sort is uh, in my territory. Um, and we're really passionate and inspired to make change and, and make theater and make art uh, more accessible to everyone in Toronto. So I've never asked you, Nathan, but I do wonder, do you ever find with one of the productions, the accessibility element more challenging to an almost frustrating point where maybe a particular kind of show does not lend itself as much to, I mean, certain things accessibility-wise, it can have there all the time. Other other shows, do you find that, wow, how are we going to incorporate as much as this, whether it might be audio description or a relaxed performance due to some nature of the show? Have you run into that or have you found the when, you, when you've got the will, you've got the experiences you guys do at TO Live, it's not a problem? Yeah, I mean, it's a selection process in terms of what access measures <laughs> go with with each show, right? So for the mirror, yeah. um, we are only doing audio description um, and we have had to, you know, choose one thing over the other for different reasons, whether the show itself uh, is maybe more suitable to one access measure versus another, or it might be a timing thing in terms of, you know, this is an international company that's here from Australia. They're only here for a few days. So what can we do uh, that's going to be you know, that's really going to be accessible for people. We don't want to just integrate something uh, that's, you know, not actually going to provide that access. And we always have to remember that some access measures might conflict with others. So right. um, yes. everyone has different access needs. So it's it's trying to, um, you know, pair the shows with appropriate access measures and making sure that they are actually um, making the shows more accessible. Fantastic. I would like a puzzle. <laughs> mm. it, would be, it would be. And that's what made me stop and think how you accomplish where at times you must feel like, gosh, we can't do as much as we, you know, have in the past in this kind of applicant yeah. or this does conflict with something else and take away from it, it's kind of like a oh boy. And there there is, and we know that it, with accessibility, that there are those times there are just some things we're not as able to be as flexible or as generous or, or whatever way you want to describe it. So I, I kind of sitting here thought, geez, that must be a real battle. And I know how you guys feel about it. Sometimes a source of frustration. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nathan, you want to tell us a little bit about the mirror as a matter of fact, uh, what can we yeah. expect to hear see, and experience at that described performance on Sunday? Great question. So as I mentioned, we have the, company Gravity and Other Myths. It's a circus company uh, from Australia who are here just this week to present The Mirror for us. The Mirror is a really interesting piece of dance and circus. Um, we're going to hear original music by an Australian composer, um, but we will also be experiencing incredible uh, virtuosic circus um, and acrobatics, things that are really going to take your breath away. And so uh, we were really inspired to make that uh, circus accessible to the blind and low vision community, of oh, course. Oh, yes. 
Oh man, so many of us would instantly say we couldn't take part in. So this is fantastic. Even even if we kind of know what it is, it's sort of hard to fathom because we may have gone to circuses as a young blind child, and now here you are. With, what? How's it incorporated into dance? What does it mean? You know, it, it, that's really wonderful to give something to people in that description piece that we may have never had or have even a concept of. Absolutely. It's... I mean, circus as an art form has come such a long way. And and with the mirror and other, you know, contemporary circus performances, there's so much story, uh, narrative and richness behind it. So it's not only impressive tricks and acrobatics. Uh, the yeah. mirror is also, you know, talking about this uh, uh it's really discussing about, you know, where does entertainment end and where does art begin? Um, you know, what does authenticity mean? What and, and it goes into this, you know, whole story about how we present on social media and, and this idea of um, presenting ourselves, but also being uh, an observer. It's, it's a really interesting uh, uh, piece, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You touched on this with Kelly a little bit, and I'm especially intrigued by this aspect where you have a play where you maybe just kind of need to know sort of who's entered the stage, who's left the stage, you know, maybe a a few little sort of visuals here and there. But this is a very complicated acrobatics performance, which I would imagine would be difficult to describe. And some people, uh, including myself, may not even really have a concept of what types of things we're going to be seeing. So could you give us some insight? I don't know if you guys have described an acrobatic performance before, but like, what are some challenges with that? And what exactly, like, what types of things are people going to experience? This is a great question. We've never, um, you know, we haven't brought circus in a long time and not since I've been part of the organization. So we haven't done a described uh, circus piece before. So it's a first, uh, which is really <laughs> exciting and hopefully not the last. And so, you know, Rebecca of Superior Description, we 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 love Rebecca. She's incredibly talented at what she does. And so I'm sure that she's going to be working hard to to describe not only the the acrobatics, as you said, but also make sure that the expression and the story is coming across in that description so that folks can also follow uh, the narrative of the piece and why it's so uh, touching and compelling. Oh, that's amazing. Mm. Can you give us an example of like what kind of moves we're going to be like for someone like me, I've I've never been to the circus. I've never seen the circus or acrobatics. Like what kind of give us an example of, I guess, some of the visuals that we're going to be potentially seeing or describing. Sure. Yes, so there are eight circus performers uh, in the show, and you know you're going to see people standing on each other's shoulders and being falling backwards into the arms of the other circus performers. You're going to see them thrown from one person to another while they do a flip in the air. Um, it's really exciting. Oh, right uh, on screen right now, we see three people on top of each other, um, <laughs> one person standing on top of one person on top of another person. So it's it's pretty exciting and incredible um Uh, that's great yeah it's really it's really cool to watch and and that's what grant was asking nathan i I find it so powerful and i remember when we first ever had a described uh on on ami years ago uh one of the movies that the dancing Mm -hmm. movies i think it was um 
oh my goodness, what's it called? The old one, Fred Astaire, I think it is, uh, Singing in the Rain. Is that Fred Astaire? Anyway, yes. um, is that, am I right? I'm going right off the top of my head with that. <laughs> You're right. And it was, it was almost, as I always said to everybody there, forbidden fruit. We had no idea. I heard things in that. What? They're doing that because the concept wasn't there. And this is one of those things that for those out there curious and when you hear circus and, and that kind of thing, give it a shot because the concept we might have, what you just described now, and you may be saying to yourself, what? Why? But what? in the context of the show itself, this is such a moving piece. This is also for those of us able to take it in and hear these descriptions so liberating. Um, and, and and I find when we've had our conversations with Christine Malik about this kind of thing, and as a person, when you talk to somebody who's been blind all their life, and you hear this, and you're, what? Why? What? <laughs> and, and, and go and actually take it in and hear Rebecca telling you, it's powerful. It really is. Um, any other accessible needs that, that are going to be met at the show, anything else that people uh, can look forward to uh, out there that you guys make available? For sure, yes. So with every one of our audio described performances, we also offer introductory or pre-show notes so that you're able to get a sense of the work, uh, not only the work, but also the space. So uh, Rebecca will tell you a little bit about the theater itself and what um, you know the theater kind of feels like and, and um, where you're seated and what the stage looks like, that sort of thing. Um, we also have an access guide that is a fully accessible by screen reader that lives on our website, which outlines the show, the set, the costumes, any of that really integral visual information. And of course, we're at a fully accessible venue for anyone who's in mobility devices or has any additional access needs. Our front of house team is wonderful and trained and ready to help. <laughs> awesome. Is it a complicated set? It is not. No, it, it, it has some LED uh, walls, so lots of lighting, really interesting lighting. Um, but that's kind of it. It's just these, you know, LED panels. Uh, it's not too intricate. Nice. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, definitely really useful for me. I know everybody's brain sort of works in a different way, but the hardest thing I find is keeping up with who all the different characters are. And I love to have a resource I can yeah. just go to read, you know, online, like before the show uh, to uh, provide that information. So that sounds really useful. Um, where can people go to learn more information, maybe sign up for the accessible, uh, accessibility services, find the, the guide? Uh, I guess this would just be on, the, on your website there that people can check out. That's right. Yeah, everything's on our website, which is tolive.com. That's T-O-L-I-V-E.com. Why is accessibility uh, important to your organization? I mean, why isn't it? It should really be the question, right? Um, you know, it's 2024. We all got to wake up and, and really make sure that art is not something that can only be accessed by, um, you know, non-disabled, able-bodied, um, rich people, mm -hmm. um, which is something, you know, the arts have always been, you know, a little bit restrictive and not accessible to so many people. So trying to break down not only barriers for different disabled communities, um, but also, you know, let's think about financial accessibility for one, right? We don't want to spend $200 on a theater ticket. Uh, so these are all conversations that need to be happening, not only in our organization, but also in the ecosystem of the Toronto and Ontario and Canada and global art scene. 
um, accessibility needs to be at the root of everything we do. Well, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I remember the days when you could barely attend the theater at all, and now there are more and more accessible uh, theater options for people who are blind or with other disabilities. Thank you for doing what you were doing, and thank you for chatting with us on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Take care, Nathan. Nathan. That was Nathan Sartori, uh, program coordinator with TO Live, and coming up next, Jeffrey Rainey is going to uh, be here. He enjoys collecting hats, but it's a recent interest. We find out how it all started on our collections chat. Join us soon. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.